So on, uh, let's see, Friday, I uh, went up to Akron for a small uh, job with the uh, other company that, that I work for. And uh, so left real early because I wanted to get home. And so uh, I was up in Akron like by 7 or something a.m. So do the math. And uh, do this job real quick at this uh, big commercial business center and, and change some lettering on the door. And, and then I'm, I'm trying to get to Shelby, Ohio from there. So when I'm installing for the sign company, I move all around to these different facilities. And I just wasn't confident. Like I said, hey, Siri. Now, if I just woke up all your phones. Uh, she actually did just say, sorry, I couldn't hear you. Make her go away. And so, and so uh, I said, hey, Siri, I said, navigate to Shelby Hospital. And I just wasn't, like, confident. And, and I'm like, I'm not so sure. I could end up in Pennsylvania because, you know, at some point you really just need to know how to look at a map. Hello. And um, so I'm like, I'm going to pull over into a parking lot. And I'm going to get my bearings. You know, I'm going to zoom out and make sure that we're going, you know, to the right place. And so I pull into this uh, gen, uh, Dollar General parking lot. It's not open yet because it's still early. A little bit uh, run-down part of town. And I didn't know that Akron was, like, full of hills. Did anybody else know that? Like, it's, it's, hill, like, it's steep. And so I'm in this part of town. I'm right in the edge of, of uh, like, the outer belt. And, and so busy urban area and a um, little run-down maybe. And, and I think the Dollar General may have had bars on it, on the windows. I'm not sure. And uh, so I'm sitting there. I'm in, I'm in my personal truck, uh, the Big Red Beast. And um, so I've got all my tools packed around me because I don't have a cap or a cover over the back. That's relevant. You'll hear this in a minute. And I'm looking at my map. I'm on my phone. And then uh, catches my eye, you know, try to be aware of my surroundings. And uh, here comes uh, this older uh, black lady, and I would say she's about 70. Uh, when I say older, if I just offended some of you, I'm sorry. I'm 44 as of this week, so older than me, okay, if that makes you feel better. And uh, still younger than some. Anyways, so, so she's, she's cruising along. She's got a cane and, and, uh, and, and um, you know, looks... She's dressed nice, and, and she's, she's moving, moving kind of long, and then she looks over at me, and she starts walking towards my window, and I'm like, okay, you know, what's up, you know? And uh, she's kind of pointing. She goes, can you give me a ride up that hill? I'm looking like I, I've never, like, this isn't a normal part of my day where somebody asks me for a ride up a hill. Like, and she goes, and she goes, you, she goes, I can do it. She goes, I just don't feel like it today. <laughs> This lady was great. And, and I just kind of froze a little bit because I was surprised by the request. And then I, I'm looking, and I, my, it's a truck, you know, like, like a real truck with just two seats, like a bench seat in the front, not the big fancy trucks that some of y'all call trucks that you really don't use as trucks because they're too nice to use as trucks. Anyways, I have a real truck, but it's full of stuff up front. And, and she looks, she actually called me out. She goes, you're hesitating. Like, not meanly, like, not acting entitled, but, like, like, what are you, like, what's there to think about? Like, I asked you for a ride. I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I might, my, my, like, now I'm, like, stammering. Like, I'm, no, no, like, my seat's just full of tools. I said, no problem. I said, yes, ma'am. I said, let me move my tools, and then I'll make room for you, and then I'll give you a ride. And uh, so, sure enough, I move my tools to the back, and she goes, oh, that's plenty of room right there. So, so she gets in the car. I say, my name's Adam. She says, I'm, I'm Patricia. Okay, Patricia. And uh, she starts talking about, you know, that you, she, I just, she goes, I just, I, I can walk up that hill, but I just don't feel like it today. I said, I don't blame you. It's quite the hill. So, so we're driving along, and then she starts talking about her kids. And, and then um, I said, 
I said, Patricia, we're getting close to, I think it was her son's house. I said, I think God sent me from Columbus just to give you a ride today. She didn't say anything back. She was just mad that her son's car was still at home. She goes, that means he didn't go to work. And she goes, and I know why he didn't go to work, because that means he was up drinking last night. And, and I don't know why a grown man can't, you know. And, and she's just in pure mom mode. And I just said, bless you, Patricia. And, you know, she thanked me. And, and, and only older black ladies could call me baby. And I just love it. And she goes, oh, baby, thank you for the ride. And I said, God bless you, Patricia. And I went on my way. We're finishing a series today called Witness, uh, and it's, it's, it's near and dear to my heart uh, because I believe that the church's days are numbered as soon as we stop looking outside of us. And, and so this series is all about digging deep. I do want to do a quick plug for next week. We're starting a series called Identity Crisis, and God's put this on my heart that I myself am just, as I've getting older, just really now starting to figure out who I am, you know, and, and, and so many people are so lost, and so this next series is all based off the phrase, I am something because God is something, okay, so we're going to take our identity from scripture, and, and hopefully it's an encouragement to you, and, and there's definitely some people that will benefit from these uh, messages coming up, so please invite and share, so back to witness, Week one, we did the why. The why is so that the world can know what we know. It's simply, uh, it's an information um, sharing. Like, this, that's what we do with everything else in our lives. Everything's immediately shared. We, I share, you know, a G drive with, with different people and, 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 you know, can immediately move content back and forth. And it's this wonderful process of just sharing information. And I think some people share too much information, um, but... That's another message series. And uh, so I, I could cancel a few people's Facebook accounts if I could, but um, that's okay. And uh, so we have this ability to share information, and really that's at the heart of what God wants us to do, is that the world needs to know what we know. Because it's up to the Holy Spirit to do the work, and, and God is really the one that, that, that is, is whispering into people's hearts and prompting change. We've realized by now that we can't change anybody, right? Like, I'll just give you a, a clue. You can't change anybody. And so we have to trust the Lord, but he is asking us to share with the world. Last week, we said, well, who's, whose job is it? And so the title was, who me? Yes, you. And, uh, and so we're it. And then I, I told you that we would share some practical ways of, of, of how to share our faith this week, and that's what we're going to lead into. And so I think we struggle with this because we've seen it done maybe all of the wrong ways. Um, you know, I mentioned in, in the weeks before, and, and I consider anybody that loves Jesus and, and, and is, is a brother to me in Christ. And so there's going to be a lot of people up in heaven with me. That being said, there are some methods of evangelism that, I, that make me very uncomfortable. And I, and I question the productivity, if not the negative impact that they have. Does that make sense? And so, that being said, I'm not here to throw stones at them. I just, I'm here to share with you today about how I believe God has helped me to share my faith and what could help you. Because I never wanted to be the guy holding the sign saying turn or burn or calling people out on their sin and, and you know, and, and just telling them how terrible they are. And because I, I didn't see Jesus do that. I saw, you know, in my Bible, I see Jesus. The only people he called terrible were the people that thought 
that they were close to God, and they weren't. They were completely deceived. Everybody else he just reached out to uh, in the situation that they were in. He addressed the sin, but it was, it was after the hug, if that makes sense. Like, it was after the, the relationship, and, and people changed because of the relationship. So anyways, how can we do this? Because I think we struggle with this. Um, being up in Akron, I was not that far from Cleveland. Uh, believe land, right? Like, uh, this is the year, like, Sports Illustrated has actually pre- predicted them to win their division like crazy. Uh, miracles are possible, maybe. And, um, but anyways, I got to be in Cleveland a couple times uh, when uh, we had LeBron playing for us and, and be mad at him for leaving, whatever else. But I enjoyed the years, at least, that he did play for us. And I can remember going into downtown Cleveland and seeing the side of one of the biggest buildings downtown with a 200-and-plus-foot wide banner over a 100-foot-tall banner that simply said, witness. Did anybody ever see that going into on TV or anything else? Amazing. And so it's like, I mean, you can't miss it. You're coming into downtown and you are not going to miss this sign. And it was actually done the first time when he was there before he left the bad way. And, uh, and, and they, you know, didn't quite do the things that they were going to do. But it was all about everybody knew that we had this special person for a certain amount of time. And even if you don't care about basketball, it just it's enough to like appreciate this is like a like an alien. Like he has basketball powers that are like beyond our planet. Like and, and so there was this common there was this there was this feeling of we just want to witness what he can do. And so it was like, there was just this coming away. So even though I'm not the, the biggest basketball fan, it was, I was glad to go to, to one game and I got to see him play. And it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm witnessing something special. And so the whole point of that advertising campaign was, this is something to talk about. And I got to see it. I got to see him play at the queue. Like, I got, I mean, so it's like, it's this cool thing. I got to see him play at the arena. I got to witness this spectacle. And so that's what I want to take into today, into today, into the series, is that we have this amazing experience. We have this amazing God. He's changed my life. And so I have this billboard that should be on my life that says, I'm a witness to what God has done. I'm a witness to these amazing, amazing things. I believe it comes down to tools and the right motive. And so to talk about the tools today, I want to go to Matthew 5. She likes my preaching. It's okay. He likes my preaching. That's Wyatt. We got two new, we got babies, 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 and it's so much fun. So that baby doesn't bother me a bit. I love parents that bring their kids to church. It's good, good, good. Matthew 5, 13 through 15. Are familiar verses to some of us, maybe new to some of you, and it really gives us a, a practical description of how we're supposed to share our faith. So here are the tools that God has given to us. So Matthew 5, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So the first one of our tools today is live it. Uh, Verse 13 just said, you are the salt of the earth. Another expression of this in 2 Corinthians 2.14, listen to this. It says, he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. This is my issue with the signs. I don't feel like I'm smelling a sweet perfume, right? And so my question to you is, if you're not sharing Christ with people, then God bless the people with the signs. They were at least taking the, the mandate of God seriously, and I'm, so I'm thankful for that. So to stay on track here, we have these two descriptions of tactile things that are in our life, and, and so we can all picture salt. Maybe your mouth just got a little, like, salty. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Nobody got that. Watch more Seinfeld in between church services because I reference it most Sundays. Do your homework, people. Read your Bible too. Salt. Now, I've got friends that put salt on their food before they take a bite. You don't know if it needs salt yet. Now, I made fun of my friend that's like this, but then I realized that I put pepper on everything before I take a bite. So... But I'm still like one step less psychotic than him because like it'll super salt it. Like, like I know I'm going to need some pepper because I know I like things hotter and spicier than most people. Like I'm a little abnormal in that category. But like half a bottle of salt before you take a bite, like are you sure? You sure that's needed? But think of salt and what that brings to a dish. And, and if something is bland, now no elbowing like the cook of the house right now, but there's not like... like I like food, but if it's bland, I'm not interested. And usually I'm like chasing like extreme flavors. Like I said, I'm a little bit weird in that category. But, but think of what salt is supposed to bring to a meal. Is it supposed to be the star of the show? But you miss it when it's gone. And then how about perfume? Have you ever been around like somebody that maybe too much? I mean, I'm... Thank goodness for acts, because otherwise, like, I mean, teenage boys wouldn't know what to do, and, 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 and they might actually have to shower every day. But, but I can remember being in youth ministry and, ri- and driving the vans, and I would get a different punch of, I would get every smell, every brand, uh, a scent of act that acts made as the boys would get on the church vans, like, bush, bush, bush. like, really? And then, Oh, okay, now I'm going to get in trouble. And, and Danielle likes things that smell nice because some things smell bad. And so I said, we at least need to, like, have one smell throughout the house. Like, I can't just go to, like, the kitchen and psh, potpourri. I can't go to the bathroom, psh, lemons. Like, give me, give me, like, give me one. I'm getting in trouble here. But, like, there's such thing as, like, too much of a good thing, I guess. But then when there's just that nice scent in the air, especially like a... a a day like today where you just want to, hopefully you can get outside and get away from, from, from the cars, the hustle and the bustle, and you just have that September, like the blue skies of September are just like the best. And, and, and you can just get that smell. And, and, and fall is like, like I'm trying to hang on to summer, but, but there's this whole other different smell in the air. And then when somebody wears a nice amount of a cologne or, or a perfume, like that's, that's nice. 
That's nice. But we're given these two images of salt and perfume as to what it's supposed to be like for us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere. We're supposed to add some salt to where we work. We're supposed to bring some perfume into a situation. And so many Christians I know, they just want to prove their point or they just want to, you know, this, well, that's, you know, well, this is what the Bible says. Well, good for you. But if, if it's not being received as salt or perfume, next thing you know, the walls go up and, and, and the message just bounces right back, right? So we are living witnesses. This, this, these, um, these images of salt and perfume mean that we need to add value to the people and the situations around us. That's worth writing down. We need to add value to the situations and the people around us. I want to be seen as, as man, I, why, where's Adam? Like, I, I wish he was around. Or, or you know, kind of like where somebody, you know, misses you when you're gone. Like, that's the kind of thing. And so I'm, I'm supposed to be, when I read this, that I'm supposed to bring value to a situation and not at the cost of the gospel, like where I'm, I'm sugarcoating it or, or cutting it up and not sharing the whole thing. And, and, and we'll, we can talk through that. But, but, but that I'm bringing something of value to the situation. What does this look like? Your attitude. So we're talking about simple things that you can do. Well, Pastor Adam, I don't want to change my attitude. Well, I'm trying to give you ways to, to bring Jesus into the situations you are, and, and these things will become second nature. And so your attitude will stand out, especially if you have a good attitude, because a lot of people are grouchy that they have to work to earn the money that they need. Like, this is no surprise. And, and, and maybe, you know, some jobs have dumber parts of them than others, and maybe you have a, a boss right now that you don't like or something else, but... but at the end of the day, how your attitude carries you through your day is going to be something that stands out to people. And so you can bring salt and perfume to work, to your, to your family, um, family reunions, to your neighbors, by bringing salt, like salt and perfume to them. Does that make sense? So, so, and we've all been around the attitudes where it's like, these are toxic. Like, and you just this person is just so miserable or, or just negative or, or just maybe not even friendly, you know? And so there, there's an, our attitude is a huge opportunity to add value to the people around us. Our ethics. Ethics. Well, my gosh, if you want to see, I mean, people will, it's a sliding scale of right and wrong out there, right? And so people don't feel bad about taking time or, or materials from their job places. They don't take, you know, they don't mind talking about other people behind their backs. They don't, you know, just ethically, uh, people will cheer on somebody who, who maybe uh, cheats on their taxes or, or cheats on their spouse or whatever else. And so just coming in with ethics and um, people will know that you're not going to laugh and you don't want to hear about certain jokes. And I think that's okay. And, uh, and people will know that I've had people say this to me. Well, they're, they're talking about a, 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 you know, a series of things on TV, um, you know, a, a, a TV show or whatever. And um, they'll talk about it like, oh, no, that has, you probably wouldn't, I've, I've heard this said to me, you probably wouldn't like it. You ever had that said to you? Now, if somebody says it like, you're too good for it, like that's the attitude that they're saying, you might not be doing it right. But I've heard it say, oh, you, 
you wouldn't like it. Like, just matter of fact. And, and that's something to walk away from thinking, okay, I've presented myself in a way that these, it's understood that this is not something that I would enjoy. And, and that's, a, that's a good thing to do. And so just by sharing, um, your ethics are going to be something you either have them or you don't, and they're going to stick out. And so how you act about clocking in, clocking out, uh, taking time, you know, whatever you do, you just do a good job and, and keep your mouth shut, you're going to stick out. Like it's, it's, these are ways that you can practically share your faith and, and lift up Jesus. Uh, being generous. Um, lots of people are generous, but it's still, this is something that, is, that comes from the heart of God, is just to be open-handed with things. Um, here's one for you. Listen. I'm going through a course. Uh, Danielle and I are an uh, amazing study. Probably going to do a sermon series based off of it in the spring. And, um, but uh, the, the one challenge is, is that as you're talking with people, to make sure that you're not talking more than 49% of the time. Do you wish more people would do that? Because I know people that can talk like 100 words a minute with gusts of up to 150, 160, like they're F5 communicators, like, like the onslaught is coming. Make sure that you are listening more than you're talking. First of all, people will want to talk to you because most people are looking for someone that will just listen. And if you can listen to people around you in a godly way, like those ethics and your attitude are like those are like it's a it's a kind of a package thing, then people will you'll become a safe place for people. And and you'll you'll start to hear things. You, some things will break your heart, but you'll you'll be able to speak into that, which is gonna we're gonna talk about that next, what to do about this. And so just as you move around the city where, or just your, your day. And so both of these examples are like in the last three days, which is just hilarious. My life's usually not this exciting. And so um, I, I went to uh, Lancaster. I'll, I'll get to the reason why in a, in a minute. So I was in Lancaster, and, um, which means I had to go to Donut World because uh, they have a tractor beam, and if you get within 10 miles, it sucks me in. I, it, it, just, it just does. And so, so I'm, I'm at Donut World. I get my big old box of donuts, and then I'm cruising down 6th Street back to, uh, you know, Old 33, Columbus, whatever you want to call it, the main, the main deal. And I'm, I'm coming up alongside, up to the light, and so I'm stopped, and then I see this woman coming down the sidewalk, and I can just tell that, like, something's, she's a mess, you know, just, I mean, just, I mean, you can just tell that the body language is just off the charts, um, looked disheveled, just, I mean, just, just a mess. And then, like, I must have, like, stared too long because immediately she made eye contact with me. She goes, so are you going to do something to help me or what? I'm like, whoa. And then there again, so this is like two times, like, where somebody's just calling me out to, like, what are you, like, are you going to do something to help, or do something about it or what? I'm like, and uh, do something to help me. And I'm, I'm like, I only give money, I've, to, I've taught on this before, but I only give cash out when I, I mean, God has to be like, give this person money. I, I, just, I've, I just think it can be destructive. I could tell she was coming off or on to something. And, um, and, and so I said, I looked down, I got this big box. I said, I got donuts. <laughs> and she looked at me, she goes, you'd give me one? 
I said, yeah, I'll give you a donut. And so I opened up the box. I made sure I gave her one of the big giant Bismarcks that I was really excited about. And, uh, and so, so, Lord, I gave away, like, I should get 10 donuts back, right? No. Um, so I just gave, like, this is, this is real life. Like, God, what's going on here? I'm giving away donuts at stoplights. And so I give her this giant donut, and, and she's just, and then she just, like, she's just ran. She goes, I, th- I think I should be able to party too. Like, I just, you know, these people just, they, they don't want to let me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And so she just kept ranting. I had to, the light turned green. That was the end of my, you know, donut witnessing experience. But I say all that to say that when you're available and when just, you know, I wanted to give her something. Like, it wasn't something, and I'm, I'm, this isn't, you know, toot Adam's horn here, you know, giving away donuts at stoplights. It was, I, I just want to be willing to, you know, first of all, look at somebody who's a mess and see them as somebody who deserves love. Like, deserves to be looked at straight eye to eye, you know, and, and, and to give her what I could give her. And, and, and so, so much of, of, of bringing salt um, and perfume and donuts to situations is that you are just you're in the moment and and you it's just something that's flowing out I guess is the only way I can describe it uh, the Bible says in in John 12:32 it says if I be lifted up from the earth I will draw all men to me we think that we have to do the drawing that we have to do the coaxing, that we have to drag somebody to church. And if you're dragging something, now you make your kids go to church, absolutely. If your kids are at home right now, then fix that next Sunday. My house, you're going to church. That's fine. You own them. You got the title. I've, I, like, I've, I've shown that to my kids. Like, I own you. I paid for you. And, uh, and so you're mine. So other than that, but you don't drag somebody to church. You might be in a, in a marriage. You might be in, in, in a relationship or somebody else, and, and you just need to be salt. You just need to be perfume. You just need to be a blessing to that situation and let God do the drawing. Does that make sense? And so this says that if we lift him up, that God will draw people to him. So the first tool is you've got to live it. Number two is give it. Live it and give it. Ha ha. Very cool pastor rhyming things there. Live it and give it. Here's the catch. You both are hand in hand. Because I've, I've seen way too often where people just want to, I'm just letting my light shine. Can't you see? Like, Jesus is coming to you. Like, if you never open your mouth, if you never open your mouth, you might just be seen as a really good person. Like, they, they, they should notice that there's a difference in your character. But if you never actually share the gospel with them, oh, I, you're, it's, you've set the stage by living a life that you've, you've created the invitation for it. Because here's the other side. You can't give it if you don't live it. How many have had somebody give advice that they don't live? Yeah. Thanks pal right in the trash you have to live it to give it but you got to give it and so so living is cool living it is cool but we need to give it verse 14 said you are the light of the world 
And think of what light does. It brings truth to something. It, it, it illuminates something for what it is. And so it's a, it's a bit different than salt and perfume where you're just kind of adding value. Light is revelation, right? I mean, there's a few times in my life where like the lights come on on something and it's like all of a sudden it drops in as this is new truth that I've just recognized. Now I have to reconcile myself to it, right? So when you're growing up, you just, you assume some things, and then when you learn, like, the truth behind something, then you have to deal with it. And so I believe this is the other side of how we're supposed to live our faith. People should have things illuminated. And in some cases, they may be uncomfortable talking about the TV show they enjoyed last night or the movie that them and their friends all went to because now they feel like that dark thing has been illuminated and they, they're seeing it even without maybe having Jesus in their heart yet, they're starting to see what they're doing as gross or, or dark. You know? And so you've, now you've brought it in, but you're doing it in a way that, that is still not... Um, some people are offended by truth, but, but they're not being offended by you. And we've talked about that before. Like it, it's okay if people are offended by the Jesus in you, by Jesus in you. They can't be offended by you. And so this comes down to ownership. And so if you want to write this down, it's your God, your world, your story. And so your God, your world, your story. When you claim something as your own, and that's what we look for, you know, even in this church. I believe there's a church for every person, and I'm thankful for everyone who calls Family Church home. When people are starting to feel out Family Church, I am waiting for the moment, and sometimes it can take years, sadly, where it becomes their church. Well, Pastor Adam, I love coming to your church. Oh, that kind of hurts me when I hear that. You mean you love coming to our church or your church? That's, that's, that's when it's yours. And, and when your testimony doesn't just talk about their God or his God, but my God, this is what my God did for me. And so there's ownership there. And then, and then when we share our faith, that's because we're looking at the world around us and we start to say, this is my problem too. This is my mission field. These are my people. You look at your neighbors and say, this is my neighborhood. This is, this is where I work, and this, those are my coworkers. And you, you start to say, my, mine in a good way, not like two-year-old mine, like beat your butt mine, but like, I, I own this. I'm taking, I'm taking responsibility for this. Don't we all wait for that with our kids? Like, not just my toys, but this is, these are my grades. Yes, they are. Uh, <laughs> like, take some, take some responsibility. Because when you take responsibility for something, you take pride in something. Like, I want to make sure that these people are taken care of, that, that, this, that, that this story gets out. So, so your God, your world, your story. This is my story. It, something that you have that's yours and unique is your story. It's yours, and, 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 and somebody else needs to hear it. But Pastor Adam, I don't know the Bible very well. Well, we can help you with that, but that's still not what God says is required for you to share your story. Because even I have to, I, I have a terrible memory as far as like uh, Scripture verses. I can quote a lot of things in the Bible, but I don't know where the references are, and you might not even be able to do that. I have to Google most references like outside of John 3.16 and like Genesis 1.1. Like I, I have to, I can probably get, I know, I'm, this is the best pastor you got, I'm sorry. 
I can sometimes, okay, that, that sounds like something Paul wrote. Like, I'm, I've, I've, you know, I can get kind of there, but, but as far as a lot of references, I'm still looking those up. And, and you, could, you could say, you know what, I'm going to go find out, or let's find this out together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get an answer to that and come back. And, and, and so don't, don't be intimidated by the fact that you don't have this book memorized. But I've got more baggage than most. Huh. You just might have more people to share it with then. Because the last time I checked, everybody's walking around with stuff. And so many people need to know that they're safe at church. And they're intimidated to approach it. And if you can take your story that says, you know what, I've made a whole lot of mistakes. And I've had all of these things happen to me. But this is how God has walked me through it. Or in some cases, this is how God is helping me walk through it. I'm not even out of the door on some of these things. But God loves me. And, 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 and this is the help I've gotten with it. And, and I, can help, I, can, I can help find somebody for you to talk to. Or anything. You're, you're sharing your story. And so as far as those things that keep you away from sharing, as far as, man, I, you know, I'm, I, God doesn't want to use me. My encouragement to you today is He does desperately. And there's, there are people in your life that, that can hear God un, about God uniquely from you that will make a difference in, in how they come to the Lord. And it could even be the timing they come to Him. I don't put the weight on you like if you don't share it that that, that person might never because I think God's constantly routing people. But what a privilege to be used in somebody's journey. Right? Wow. And, and just to... When somebody says that, that I said something in a way that connected you know, them to truth, it just blows me away. Half the time I don't even remember that I said it. You know? and, and, and yet it's like God uses every... That's why we have different people preach up here. It's why we're training up people. It's because God has a, a... His voice comes out differently from every person. And, I, and it's, it's one of the reasons why we have, we have so many authors inside of this one book is because God comes through a little bit different through Paul than he does with John or with Matthew or with Moses. And you get to see this texture of coming through that person. And he wants to do that with us. And so with, it, with being the light of the world, look for opportunities to bring light. So I said light is illumination or to bring in like revelation or truth. What are some opportunities to bring light? Tragedy. Tragedy is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a widespread thing. And so it can happen with people being concerned about a hurricane getting ready to go demolish the Bahamas if it doesn't change its course. Like, and, and some people like, man, I wish God, like, there's conversations there. And then and after a tragedy, somebody loses somebody close, something um, Something terrible happens, another school shooting, another, you know, these are, these are times where some people blame God, some people will um, accuse God of just not being active or things like that, and, and so these aren't the times to argue, but these are the times to bring light into a situation, because some people are so hopeless when, when bad news comes that they're just, they're just left empty. And so the devastation spiritually after, after something like a hurricane is often more damaging than, than the physical buildings that are gone, right? And so 
and, and anybody connected to a tragedy, they're looking for God's light, and, and it's our chance to bring them in. That leads to just uh, struggles. Um, as you're encountering people every walk of light from, uh, life from the um, uh, checkout cashier to uh, a coworker, the cubicle next to you, uh, people are going through struggles. Uh, if they're not going through struggles, then check their pulse. Like, uh, something is going on. And, and you have an opportunity to illuminate what's going on. And, and, and I'm not saying like, well, you know, you, you might not spe- know specifically of why something's happening, but you can speak God's love for them and God's truth into that situation. Um, spiritual topics come up. And this is one of those, like, if people go there, you're on. You're up to bat. And I know that's intimidating to so many of you, and it's just like, well, I don't know what to say, especially if somebody's coming from a different spiritual perspective and they might be more educated uh, in their religion than you are. And, and, and um, it's an encouragement for all of us to know what we believe. But, but still, you take it down to a personal level. People are not looking for book knowledge. People are looking for life change. What has God done to me? And say, well, I can't speak to that. I, I, I really I don't know about that. That is so reassuring to people. You haven't just disqualified yourself from the argument. You've actually qualified yourself as a human being. And you say, I don't know about that, but I know what God has shown me. Boom. If there's ever a time to take advantage of the cultural's respect of personal truth, your testimony is like, take advantage of it. This is what I have seen God do. Because that's untouchable like in today's society. You know, so you can just take it to what God has done in your life. So you have spiritual topics come up. Uh, this is something that, that is a regular part of uh, my conversations um, with the other job that I work at. And so we've got some people that go to church, used to go to church, and man, I'm, I'm just, when the opportunity comes up, we go for it. And it's just, it's just usually this, it's just a discussion. It's, it's friendly. It's open. Um, I work with a Muslim. I've shared with that before. And, and, and we've, we've shared about different parts of the Bible. And it's like, I, don't, I didn't see it that way. And, and, and I wasn't taught about that person that way. And, and I just constantly phrase it. Well, this is what Christians believe. This is what I've seen God do. And, and we just have this friendly discussion. And I just got to keep trusting God to do the drawing, right? To do the, to do the ministering on the inside. So we got our tools. We got live it and give it. I want to finish with the motive. And this is so important because this is where the whole, um, it's going to be what drives you and, and people are smart. And if guilt is driving you to share your faith, please don't bother. If uh, judgment is driving you to share your faith, please don't bother. But listen to 2 Corinthians 5.14 as we're closing. Worship team, you can come up and start playing softly if you would. This says, for Christ's love compels us. I'm reading from the NIV, so it won't be on the screen. It'll be a little different. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced. You hear those two strong words, compel and convinced? Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. That can sound a little bit like a riddle or like Dr. Seuss. And so I, I want to just kind of take it, take it down. 
This opens up with, it says, for Christ's love compels us. Our motive has to always be the love of Christ. It can't even be my own compassion because I'm going to run out of it. It has to be the love of Christ. And what these words say is that we are convinced that one died for all. In other words, and it's just what Pastor Scott said during communion, the sacrifice has already been made. The forgiveness has already been provided. So whatever this person is going through that you are encountering, whether it's a a lady who I think was still drunk that was just looking for money and I gave her a donut, or an older lady that needed a ride up a hill, God has already paid the price for their sins. And it seemed like in both of these cases that they're living without that knowledge. And they're living without the effects of that knowledge. And so we have something to share. And if we will value that person that we're looking at, if we will value the person next door, if we will value the coworker in the cubicle next to us, the boss that maybe is way too grouchy for our tastes or whatever. But if we will realize that we have this amazing truth that God has trusted us with, then the, Christ, the love of Christ will compel us because we are convinced that we have something that they need. And friends, if we will move out of that motivation, people will receive what you have to say. You will at least be welcomed. You will at least be considered salt and perfume. And then the opportunity will be there for you to bring the light into the darkness. Amen? Hopefully that helps you today. Let's, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word this morning. God, I thank you that you've given us this amazing gift. God, I thank you that you trust us to be your perfume to the world. Would you help us be mindful of that? Would we carry a responsibility for our fellow man because you love him. Would you help us to live it and give it? If you've never trusted Jesus with your heart, if you've never chosen to follow him and you're feeling just restless in your seat today that you're, you're hearing truth and you want to respond to it, If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, would you raise your hand where you're at? I want to pray with you. He loves you. He loves you. I want to make that opportunity available. Father God, receive our praise today. God, Father God, we make ourselves available to you. God, whether it's giving a ride up a hill or a donut, that we would do it in Jesus' name. And that as we lift you up, you would draw all men unto you. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of the great rescue. It's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. We're going to stand and sing a closing song. We're at the end of our time together today. There will be people up front here that want to pray with you. Either something affected you in the message, something stuck out, or you want prayer for your your grandma, your aunt, or something going on at work or school. Um, Come get prayer for something this morning. And uh, God bless you.